The lesson is taken from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. They spent their time in learning from the apostles, taking part in the fellowship and sharing in the fellowship meals and the prayers. Many miracles and wonders were being done through the apostles and everyone was filled with awe. All the believers continued together in close fellowship and shared their belongings with one another. They would sell their property and possessions and distribute the money among all according to what each one needed. Day after day they met as a group in the temple and they had their meals together in their homes, eating with glad and humble hearts, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And every day the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. Thanks to God for his word. All the believers continue together in close fellowship. Okay, what I'm going to talk about today, what God laid on my heart about, I'll lay that down, they won't be able to pick it up again, um, is, is church, churches and church membership. Behind me is a harvest display. You might think that doesn't have a great deal to do with, with harvest. You'll see right at the end of what we're talking about that there is a link between what I'm talking about and this display. Also started thinking about how to begin and how to structure this, this, this talk. And I thought, well, actually, um, church membership, pe- people like to have three points. And if the points all begin with the same sort of sound, it all helps. So I thought, well, baptise... Um, sorry, believe, baptise, and barbecue. Yeah, um, pretty good summary of this membership, uh, this this fellowship. And if you look at the church's church notice board, you'll see Peter Reed cooking a barbecue. Um, it's one of the things we do in our fellowship. You are on there, Peter. Watch out, um, um, Lucy and Peter Everett rearranged it a while ago, and I think you've got pride of place still on there. And um, some of some of the food he cooked was was edible as well. That helps. We had. Um, we had, in this church, we had a banquet. So I did wonder about believe, baptise and banqueting. Yeah. It does say something about belonging, about fellowship. Um, that's something what I want to talk about. But actually I want to take us beyond um, jokes really like that um, and remind you of some of the, the teaching that we've had in this church this month. And you'll see some more links there. Actually, 3rd of September we talked about this. How, what, what being in the world and not of the world meant and how radiating out, with, well, with Jesus at the centre, we needed to be people who preached the gospel, people who knew and were relevant to the culture we were in and people who had a place, a body, a church. And it's that church that obviously I want to, to take this on, look at. Um, Richard, how many times do you think the word church occurs in the New Testament? It's a trick question, so you're going to have to be brave. How many times does the word church occur in the New Testament? Once? Um, not a bad guess. It's out by a factor of one. Um, none. Yeah? Because, because the New Testament was written in Greek. And we'll see in a bit that the word ecclesia is the word that's usually translated church. The reason I, I said that wasn't, wasn't to try and catch someone out, but it was to, uh, to say, actually, ecclesia means, we'll, 
we'll talk a bit about it, means group, means And we'll touch on that, and that's what Richard spoke about two Sundays ago, how God guided his assembly, his people, how he took them out of Egypt, and how he guided them through. And as we talk about church, there's, there's that element to church and the church as well, a group, an assembly of people. And as I said, usually that word is translated church in here, um, in these, these Bibles, because I could look it up in a concordance 115 times in the New Testament, but a few times, three or four, it's translated assembly. So we're going to look at church. Um, draw the line about that and, and church membership. And one thing I want to say, first thing I want to say, is this is not about excluding people. Um, I'm very well aware that about half the people in this room now won't be members of this church, and, and a fair number of people won't be members of any church. I, I want to acknowledge that, and I want to, although I'm talking about churches and church membership, I'm not talking, um, except in one respect, I've got one slide up here that talks specifically about being members of a Baptist church, but I'm not saying that you have to be a member of this church, um, we'll see, to be a Christian. I'm not saying you have to be a member of this church, full stop. I'm not saying that you have to... Um, I'm not saying that to be... You're, it's better in some way. You will be better if you're a member of a church. So there's a lot of things I'm not saying, and I'm not leaving out anyone here who's not a member of this church, who's not a member of any church. But I do think that churches and church membership is an important thing, and that's why I, that's why, you know, I want to talk about it. So... I did that. Print the wrong way. Okay, so what is a church? Started to think about that. Very simple question. What is a church? Um, again, I thought it can help to think about what a church um, well, is and isn't. So a church is not just an organisation of just any religion. Yeah? Um, we live in a multi-faith society, we're, we're, we're told by some. Um, when you talk about the word church... It, it means a Christian fellowship. It's a Christian thing, a Christian word. It's not just any religion. And sometimes you'll hear people on the television or whatever talk about church as representing anything. And actually words in language can change. That's one thing that makes the Bible hard to translate. And you could see how that, that word might be used more generically. I don't know whether it will. But we're talking about the Christian church here. And that's the only sort of church there is. There are mosques, there are other sorts of temples, but when you're talking about a church, you're talking about not just any religion, we're talking about Christianity, and I make no apologies for that. Another thing I wanted to say, which is um, a bit harder to justify, and actually I found this, it's challenging, I challenge all of you to try and prepare a talk, um, I say try and prepare a talk, because I'm not sure how well I do it, but I've tried to prepare this one, and you learn a huge amount by doing it. The Bible does talk about the church in Ephesus, we're going to be reading something about it, the church in, in Colossians, it does talk about churches in an area. Um, that's true. Um, I'm going to say some things properly that are slightly contentious, and, and maybe I've got this one wrong, but I think usually when the Bible talks about a church, it's talking about a group of people, an assembly, and the word ecclesia means assembly. Um, a group of people. So, not just a locality. Um, by the way, I did notice that that map there is obviously a map of Persia I got off the internet, off a tourist site. It doesn't actually show this church on it, um, or anything other than Persia or Abbey at St. Mary's. But um, we'll, we'll draw a veil over that. Not everything you get on the internet is right. And there are a few churches, there are a number of churches in Persia, this being one of them. But when the Bible talks about a church, it's not a vague thing, it's a group of Christians. 
And you see that in, most, in many, many, many readings. Um, and last thing is about a word that church isn't a building. You've heard people say that. Now, semantically, it can play with the word. And if you, asked, if you showed someone that picture and said, what's that? Well, that's Pershaw Baptist Church. It is a church. That is the name of the building. But when the Bible talks about the church, they weren't talking about buildings. Because actually, they hadn't, written, they hadn't built any cathedrals or even churches when this was around. They met in people's houses. They met in the temple when they were allowed to. So there weren't any buildings around. So, so when the Bible's talking about the church, it's not talking about a building. But you know, when, if, if a newspaper journalist does, or someone in that street says, well, park outside the church, everyone knows, and, and I know what that means. But that's a secondary meaning of the word, really, isn't it? So what's a church? What's a church? Well, Richard spoke about this last week. The church is Christ's body. Um, we are the body of Christ. Um, I, I picked some, some photographs there to try, and, to try and represent that. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians that we looked at last week. The body's a unit, though it's made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptised by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we are all given one spirit to drink. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And actually, Paul was talking there about um, splits in the church, about the way someone might say, I'm better because I'm a more important part of the body. Uh, yeah? and, and he was making the point that the hand can't get very far, quite literally, unless it's connected to a pair of feet. And we had a bit of a laugh at that with good, some of the kids and some of the adults in the congregation. Sorry about that. Um, we are the body of Christ. That's an, so we've said what well, a church isn't. I thought I'd better say what a church is. Okay, this one, bit more, a bit more contentious, and, and I'm up for, for being wrong. I'm just a person speaking to you. Um, I looked at what the Bible said about churches, and I thought about it, and I prayed about it. And um, I don't think that there is... And, and I thought about what other churches say about churches. Um, and some people think that there is a global, invisible church, some invisible thing that we're all part of as Christians. Um, I don't think there is. I, I, you can definitely be a Christian without being a member of a church. You can definitely worship God without ever walking into the door of a church. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that you can't be a Christian without... without being a member of a church, but I don't think when the Bible talks about church, it's talking about a vague, invisible thing. And when that reading talked, spoke about Christ's body, I don't think it was talking about um, an invisible thing floating around the whole world. Um, and when I was looking for some pictures, I, I found some pictures that suggested that. I think when, when we talk about Christ's body, people being built together like like bit, parts of a body into a fellowship with a head. We're talking about churches, individual things. It's, it's hard to explain. Let's, so it isn't just one church, so let's pull a few more up there. Hard to explain, but the sense I mean it in, the sense I think when people talk about the, the worldwide church, they mean it in, is, is the same sense in which you'd say the automobile, the car, has changed the world has to some respect. Some people think it's warmed it up a bit. But the car, the, car, the invention of the car has changed the world. But they, 
They didn't mean a particular car out there. Richard's got quite a nice Volvo, but it wasn't Richard's Volvo that changed the world. I don't think it changed your life very much either. But um, um, let's not pick on his Volvo. Um, it wasn't a particular car that changed the world. So I think the church has changed the world, but it's a whole group of churches, and that's, that's what that slide's meant to show. Um, by the way, when it comes to Christian gatherings and congregations, there are always sort of a little gap there and someone arrives a bit late. But those things happen. Um, and they're all part of the church too, and I'm, I'm not after excluding everyone. Um, so I think once you're a Christian, once you're saved, you're part of the family of God. That's, that's beyond this church. But being part of a church means being part of a local church. You can't be a part of Christ's church on your own. You can be a part of God's family. And that's a bit contentious. But you, remember, you can be a Christian on your own. You can worship on your own. You can do everything you need to. And God will provide his spirit into your heart without you ever entering the, the door of a church, without you ever coming into fellowship with a lot of people. So, but... I do think when the Bible talks about the church, it means a group of people that you could identify, you can see physically, people that go on from year to year. This is a bit more about this, this Greek word. Um, and obviously, I can't, well, I, can't, I definitely can't speak Greek, but that's what ecclesia means. It means a, call, a called out assembly. And that's the word that's translated to church um, in, in the Bible, usually translated church, sometimes a call. Um, translated as assembly. So um, it was actually, when I looked it up, it's the same name, Ecclesia, was the name given to the government assembly of Athens. So I'm using this to point out that the word church isn't a generic thing, it isn't some vague thing, it's an assembly, a group. That was a group of people who were councillors or whatever of Athens. They weren't just a vague sort of spread about thing, they were specific. And that's why I think that when the Bible talks about church, it means a group of people like people here and like the people in the Abbey, and like the people who are worshipping you know, in, in Africa at the moment. And there's, I looked it up, Ecclesia occurs 115 times in the New Testament. It's usually translated church, but if we look at Acts 7, and I won't take long, I think I've got a bookmark in here that should help me find it. If you look at one of the few sort of handful of times that it isn't translated church, it would be in Acts 7, verse 38. Um, and when I find it, This is what Moses, he told the Israelites, this is what, this is that Moses told the Israelites, God will send you a prophet like me from your own people. And this is the verse. He was in the assembly in the desert with our fathers and with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai. And he is, and, and with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai, and he received living words to pass on to us. So he was in the assembly in the desert. That's the same word that could have been translated church. It would have sounded stupid to say he, he was in the church that was moving around the desert. So, so there is God's people being called out of Egypt, Egypt and led. God's people going to Mount Sinai and receiving the, the Lord's commandment. The same word is used for that people, that group, as is used for when, when Paul writes to the church at, Cor at Corinth. Because this is Acts. This was written in Greek as well. So that's if you like, why I don't think there is some vague church here that we're all part of when we become Christians. 
you can be a Christian without being a member of a church, you can be a Christian without going to a church, but there isn't a vague church that you can be part of. There's a specific one the Bible talks about. Okay, press the right button. Okay, this is the bit that is just about Baptist churches, and I apologise for people here who, who aren't Baptist. You can sort of um, put your fingers in your ears in this bit. Um, and there's one bit here that's relevant to this particular Baptist church. But do, I do want to make it clear that I don't think the Bible gives a recipe for the ideal church or church structures. Yeah, and I don't think the, 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 the Baptist one is an ideal structure. It wasn't handed down from God. It's something that Christians try to work out among ourselves. And um, Christians make mistakes sometimes. Um, I'm not saying they make big mistakes when they set up the Baptist church, but I don't think this is... a, a No human organisation is perfect. And the church is a human organisation. It has people in it, in, the, in the, an assembly of people. So um, all major decisions in a Baptist church are taken by the church meeting. We had one here a couple of weeks ago. Only church members vote. And usually it's only church members who attend church meetings. They're facts of the way this is set up. Those of you who are members of this church or of a Baptist church know that. And actually it warrants you and myself thinking hard about that this church is very much led by that church meeting. Um, if you're a member of this church, we need 40% of the members signed up in the book to be there for it to be a valid meeting. We can't do anything without that. So one of the responsibilities of being a church member, member is turning up at those meetings. Otherwise, the church literally can't make any decisions. It can't decide to do very much at all. And actually, a decision, a big decision that this church faces in the next months and um, um, across the next month is to find and choose a new minister. We need two-thirds of the people present at that meeting to do that. And it won't be the leaders of the church that choose the minister. It won't be some apostle somewhere that says this is what you're getting. It won't be a pope or a bishop that chooses the minister of the church. It will be the members of this church that pray, seek the Lord's will, look at the people that are there who aren't going to be perfect, as we were reminded in the church meeting. We did, we, we're writing a sort of person spec for, the members, for um, our new minister and one of the members of this church pointed out that this person spec might just about um, be met by the angel Gabriel. He said, if the angel Gabriel turns up, he'll meet, he will fit all those criteria, but do you think there's a, a, a person out there who will? And it was, it was a very good point. Um, and actually, you can't you know, you can't contribute those sorts of points unless you go along to the church meeting. But if you're a member of a Baptist church, consider that res the responsibility that gives you. Um. Okay, and there's limited oversight from the National or Regional Baptist Assembly. Um, I've discovered a lot more, it's a lot more limited than I thought, actually. <laughs> um, um, the area superintendent for this area is, is on sabbatical at the moment. Um, but we have had some limited oversight. Um, and this is the bit that's specific to just to this church. We've got a constitution. Um, it's something that should be given to all new members, so we'll have to um, we'll dig a, a copy out for Andy and, and Viv. And this is one of the, 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 the lines in it. It's the duty of members loyally to attend church services, the communion services, and the church meetings, to contribute towards the support of the church as God has prospered them, and to lead lives regulated by the teaching and inspired by the spirit of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. It's a huge statement, that one. Yeah, it's not a quote from the Bible, it's a quote from the constitution of this church. Um, it's not God's word, but it's based on God's word. And, and, on, um, and it's a huge commitment that people make.
and a huge responsibility. But it's something that God calls people to, to be part of a church. This is just one example of a church, a Baptist church, isn't it? And that's an example of a constitution. Okay, um, some more things I'm not saying, just to be clear. I'm not saying... Um, why, well, why be a member of a church? I'm not saying you need to be a member of a church to save you. Being a member of a church isn't what makes you a Christian. I think I've said that, that before. I do want to make that clear. Um, being a member of a church won't get you anywhere. It won't get you into heaven. The only thing that will get you into heaven is knowing, is knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. It isn't something special about me or any other Christian that, that makes me worthy to come before the Lord. It's a gift that the Lord has given to us. I wasn't perfect. I wasn't without sin. None of us are. Um, we're all in a mess. All of The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But it tells us that God reached down into our world and said, come on, you know, come to me. I love you. Um, that's, that's what makes you a Christian. It's got nothing to do with being a, mem- uh, a member of a church. It's the most important... Before I move on, I would say that that whole issue that is the biggest single step, single decision that anyone can make in their lives. God's already reached down into the world in Jesus Christ and asked people to, to, to join him. Um, saying yes or no to that, deciding whether that's real or not, is the biggest decision you can make and a big reason why we're here as a church. But coming to personal faith like that is not about church membership. I also wanted to throw in there, actually, that our culture, and I did have a slide that had culture in it, says that we're a post-Christian society, and, and I have heard people say it's because we've got cleverer, because science in, in this country has, has, has grown, the church has shrunk, Christianity has shrunk, Actually, I I was thinking about that the last few days, and um, it's patently rubbish. Um, The church is... It is the case that the church is growing across the world. In most countries, the church is growing, and more people are coming to faith in Christ. People are coming to faith in Christ in this country. The church feels beleaguered. It's not because we're a scientific society. You've only got to look at America, arguably the most high-tech country in the world, there are a huge amount of church growth and a huge number of Christians in America. Um, so there is something about our country and we should pray for our country. Um, we should pray that God's message gets to our country and as church members we're part of taking it there so, and, and showing our country what, what that is. But being a member of a church won't save you. But if you say, well, I am a Christian but I don't need to be a member of a church, I've got a question for you. I'm not talking about this church, but how... Do you know how to live a Christian life? If you say, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't need to be a member of any church, how do you know that? How do you know how to live a Christian life? And there are answers. I'm not saying that that's an obvious answer. You can find how to live a Christian life in here. Um, The Bible tells you that. You don't need to be a member of a church. You don't need to go to church to read your Bible and to learn about God or learn how to, to live the Christian life. But my experience is it's harder. Most people... Most people, rather than read the instruction manual from cover to cover when they get a new video camera, start you know, playing with the camera. And if you're a Christian in the UK, um, you should start going to church and finding out about church. And you'll find out good and bad things, and you'll learn some things that are of God, and you'll find some things that aren't. Um, 
but you will be joining with people who are living the Christian life. So, why be a member of a church? And these are the last few points here. I did have a few more than three. Believe, what was it? Believe, be baptised and barbecue. Yeah. Um, why be a member of a church for the barbecues? Just watch who's cooking them. Um, but seriously, um, assurance, right? I have said we're, you're, you shouldn't join a church, you shouldn't be a member of a church to save you. It won't save you. It won't get you anywhere. It won't get into heaven. Only one person can open the gates of heaven to you and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, only one person can live in your heart in the form of the Holy Spirit and that's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit that lives with, within us and who is head of this church. Um, so it won't save you, but it will help you give up. Um, you should, in the UK, really, give up trying to follow Christ on your own. There, sh- there isn't usually a reason for it. Um, you should be looking, as a Christian, uh, at how to put yourself in an accountable position. It's very easy to, to read some part of the Bible, to pray with your eyes shut in your room all alone, to think, say, well, I'm a Christian, and then to go out into the world that is anti-Christian, that has evil things in it, and to succumb to those evil things. It's easier to succumb. It'll ha- it's more likely to happen to you if you don't stand up and make the sort of statements we saw people made, make in this church when they professed their faith and were baptised. That's part of what that's about. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward event. And being a member of a church is another outward sign. It's nailing your colours to the mast. It's not necessary for for, for salvation, but why shouldn't you do it? And in fact, you should. You should be looking at how to make yourself accountable. Now, our society um, suffers from commitment phobia, I think. It's not trendy to be committed to anything in our society. You look at it, and what I mean by commitment phobia is, is looking at something and saying, well, yeah, that's good. But if I go for that wholeheartedly, there's just a chance that something better might come along. Yeah? So I'm not going to be committed to, 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 to anything, actually, because I might want to change my mind. Now, if you've got that attitude to Christianity, if you have that attitude to following Christ, then, um, and I'm not talking about doubts here, I would say everyone has doubts, and it's, it's, it's good to be honest about that. But if you have a sort of, well, I'll, I'll accept you now, Lord, but I might not accept you tomorrow, then something better might come along, might, maybe a um, might might become a Buddhist, might become an atheist next week, then you've missed the point of Christ's offer to you and you've missed the relationship that you can have in Christ if you do that. So, um, so there is a commitment phobia here and what I'm saying is anti that and perhaps anti part of the culture we're in. But we should be. It's, it's being a member of a church, being a, joining yourself to this organisation is not an antiquated thing. It's part of being, part of being a Christian in today's culture. Um, And it reflects the fact that you're changed. And I wanted to pick out something from 1 John chapter 4. And again, it won't take me a moment, but I will find it, because I think... I think I marked that, yeah. Well, it's really something that you can't do on your own assurance... We love, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, who he has not seen. 
quite clear. When he talks about his brother, it means his Christian brother. So saying, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't want to go along to that church there because, you know, there's some dodgy, weird people in it. Well, sorry, that's going to be true of every single church you find because the church is, is composed of real people. I know people who tour around looking for the perfect church and it's another well-worn joke, isn't it, that when you find the perfect church, don't, don't join it because you'll ruin it. Um, and it, it, it's got a truism. All of sinned and fallen short of the, the glory of God. So join the church for assurance. Another reason you should become a church member, evangelism. It's a serious thing. Um, Christ told his disciples to go, to go and evangelise, to go and take the gospel to the world, to, to make disciples of the world. And we can do that more effectively, locally and internationally, if we're members of a church working together. We can do that here. We can, we can organise events. We can um, support the, the youth in organising events. We are doing that. So the youth services that are organised here have quite a few people who come to them who haven't heard much about the Bible or much about, um, much about Christianity. There's a huge ignorance out there and we need to address that by what we do. And we can do that more powerfully together than we can apart. So another good reason for joining, it doesn't have to be this church, but a church. Another good reason for not saying, well, I'm part of some woolly sort of invisible church. You are part of the, the family of God, if you're a Christian, but join a church because you can have a hand in that evangelism. We can gather more money here. We can encourage each other to give money, to give to the BMS, to give to the mission field, to, to put into a situation in Africa that can make a difference, or wherever it is. So, um, locally and internationally, we've got a stronger voice by joining together in the church. And that's an argument for churches joining together in assemblies, I suppose, as well. The Evangelical Alliance, which is just a, a loose linking of lots of churches across this country, when it speaks, it gets on the radio. Um, if I go and, and, you know, I'm not knocking people who do it, but if I go and read out from my Bible in the street out there, I won't end up on the radio and I'll probably be dismissed and shunned by a lot of the people around. I'm not knocking doing that, there's a place for it, but it has a more, more people notice if you're in a bigger group. It's just a fact of life. Um, so how do, you, how do you look for a church? What you, I'm not talking this either, but some people look for the luxury liner approach. Yeah? The big, comfortable, sort of slowly chunging along, knows the direction, perfect assurance. And I'm not knocking that. That might be the right thing to be. There are churches like that. Um, and I must be careful. There are churches like that and they, they do huge good and they work with the Spirit and it might be the right thing for you to join a church like that. You might be already be a part of a church like that. Um, and you might be um, at, at the helm of that. You might be down there in the engine room stoking the boilers or you might be on the deck sunning yourself. All of that is fine. I do get a little wary and I'm not going to... I had a conversation with someone with a Christian family two weeks ago. They're not here, so, so don't start trying to guess who they are. And they were saying, oh, we've just gone to this, this new church. Not members of, of it. We've just gone to this new church. We went to a church plant of the, the main satellite church and that was, that was quite good. And the worship was wonderful and the music was wonderful and that was, that was quite good. But then we realised the main hub church was better because it had more um, you know, it had the swimming pool and, and the, um, the, the pre-warm towels to lie out on. And and God, I, and I, I'm making light of it, God, I'm, God may well have led them there, but what was missing from the description um, was just, just that, was 
something about the Lord in a very short conversation I had. So watch out. There are churches like that, and you know, if you can get on board one, join it. But not all churches are like that. Um, dodgy thing to say, and I've probably offended a lot of people here. This church is probably more of a tramp steamer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're working on the swimming pool. We've got one under the floor. So, so that's one way you can look at a church. Another reason for joining a church is to expose false gospels. Um, I probably have offended everyone now. I've already offended non-church members. Uh, why not go the whole hog? At least I've had some equality. Another reason to join a church then is to expose false gospels. Um, the, the disciples were known by their love one for another. Jesus, you know, Jesus commanded them to, be, to work together like that. And they were known by their love. If you read Acts, you'll, you'll see over and over again, and letters to the early churches, the people, these assemblies, these churches were known by their love. So exposing false gospels is another reason to be in a church. Christianity is about relationships. Love is, is something that, you know, that's a two-way thing. It's between, you, you can't be in love on your own. So Christianity is about relationships and being in a relationship in a church is what helps show that to the world and helps expose people. There are false gospels. Even the devil believes the Bible. Yeah? So you can get lots of, lots of people, or lots of organisations. There are plenty of the, the, people who study theology, I can say that, theologians who aren't Christians, um, I'm sure there are societies of theologians. They might be experts in the Bible, but they're not a church, are they? So, so be in a church to expose that. That's slightly negative. Um, I would say it's more about uh, this one, which is edification. Um, sort of thing that... Del Boy would have said he had that happened. At, you know, he left edification at 16 and hasn't gone back to it. Um, actually, the word's got nothing to do with that. It's to do with building up. Yeah. So edification. Join the church to build it up. Join the church to rivet some of the plates and you know scrape the barnacles off that luxury liner, perhaps. Um, and we're back to let's find. We're back to realizing that we should join the church to build it up and to avoid another thing that's strong in our culture of individualism, false individualism. It's trendy to say, I'm strong, I don't need anything, I'm independent, um, you know, um, I can do everything on my own. Actually, Christ didn't put us here. He didn't make you a Christian in the UK to be on your own. He made you a Christian in the UK to join with others, to have a relationship with others. And I'm generalising here. I can't tell you what God wants for you and for your life, but I do think that, there's, that there is a corporate side to Christianity. There's a side to Christianity that you can only work out in an assembly. It doesn't have to be signing up to be a member of this church or any other, but it does. Christianity is about relationships. You can't say that you love God unless you love your brother. And if you're going to evangelise, you're going to need to show that love to your brother in order to show God's love to the world. So there's a corporate side to Christianity. And in fact, if I look at Peter again, and I have got a reading for it. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. It's very hard to pick... Um, pick bits out that, um, you know, you, you, there's a lot of this that you can get by studying lots and lots of chapters and obviously I haven't got time to read them out here 
Um, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So the disciples were urged to live their lives among other people so that people could see the love they had. Um, So it's for building up the church. Now, but it might slow me down. I've had someone use that as a reason for not joining a church. I'm I'm not telling you you have to join a church. I felt went went and looked for that. Um, I knew someone who said, look, I'm not joining any church because I'm so alive for God, I'm so in tune with the Spirit, that any church I go on to is going to be full of some people who are a bit slow, people who are a bit weird. Um, It's just going to slow me down. He might well have been right. It was someone I knew at university. Um, he was explaining why he, he didn't want to be a member of a church. Um, if you go along to a church, it might well slow you down. Um, if he'd have gone along, it might well slow him down. He appeared to be full of the Spirit, full of the, the Lord. But isn't that part of what being in a fellowship is? That's part of what being in a family is. It's not the, the point of being in a church isn't to go at the pace of the fastest. It's to encourage one another, to... Um, help one another, to help the people that have got the problems and not to say, I've got to be over there. By the way, I mean, I got that off the internet, um, police boat. Um, it says police boat on the back of that. I'm not sure whether it was the fastest way of getting out, out there and I'm not sure whether this guy, in the long run, he might have rode quite fast to get there. But he might have been better off waiting for a launch, Martiny, and um, with another ten police officers on it. And you might be better if, if you... If you say that the church is going to slow you down, you need to examine your heart quite closely, I would say. Um, But I do think God does call out individuals too. So I I won't knock it too much, but the argument you might be held back by others in the church isn't a good one to start with. Um, And we're nearly there. And we're about to get to the link with Harvest. Um, The last reason I'll give you to um, become a member of a church to join this, not this assembly, but a assembly of, of people, is, um, is for Christ's glory. Back, back to that passage in Peter again. To live so that we can show, by our love, how God loves um, the world. That's quite a challenge. Um, I wanted to leave some of the, the, the last few negative things to the end. But if you can become a member of a church, there must be some mechanism for ceasing to be a member. There must be some conditions to that. And actually, quite the, there are bits of all sorts of letters in here that's about dealing with problems in the church and people who weren't living the sort of lives that sh- demonstrated Christ's love. That's a huge problem. How to handle it? It's, it's actually detailed in here. Um, and it's not something to, to dwell on. But the thing to dwell on is Christ's glory, to live such good lives that people can see the love of God in that. Um, when Jesus said to Peter, on this rock, I will build my church, um, maybe he was making some huge statement about um, future church government. I don't know. I think it was more likely he was showing the relationship, the love that he had for Peter and that Peter would develop for other Christians in, in the early church, he was showing that that love was the basis for building God's body on earth. And you should join a church, if you're a Christian, on your own, to glorify God. 
to show God to the world by those relationships. So, I've got some nautical things. They're not there. You, the, all the pictures of ships, by the way, um, they're mine, aren't they? They're, there's not much nautical reference in the Bible. I can't claim they're, vis- they're, they're nautical. But I thought there's something less about the luxury liner being a member of a church and more about being a member of a crew. Um, there's some discipline involved, I suppose I'm saying. You can be in that crew or out of it. And I'm suggesting you need to be in a crew in general if you're uh, a Christian in the UK. Now, that's a warship, so whether you, uh, you know, that probably isn't a good image, and that's why that's not in the Bible. Here's a better one. Perhaps we're the crew of a lifeboat. And perhaps the best one is one I won't flash up here, but we're the crew of a fishing boat. Evangelism. That Jesus asked the disciples to be fishers of men. Now you can be a fisher of men sitting on the Avon with you know, one little stick, twig in the water. Um, I think you'd be better off being a fisher of a, a fisherman um, out there fishing for cod in a massive sort of 300 ton trawler. Um, become a member of a church. Don't say you're a member of this invisible church that I'm not sure exists, but be a member of a real assembly. Yes, it might slow you down. I'm sure along the way you'll meet people and, and, and grow to love them. I'm sure you'll have to help people along the way and I'm sure people will help you. Um, working together is the way we, we, we will, is the way that demonstrates the gospel. Um, it's a matter of love. and I, uh, Relationships with... I've, I've talked about love a lot because relationships in the church need to mirror that. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. And in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 20, for I've not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of the, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers of. Be shepherds of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. Christ loves the church that much that he bought it with his own blood. So, keeping away from a church in general isn't an option for a Christian. So that's it. Be a member of a church, and I'm not talking about this one. We've seen two people sign up to be members of this church today. That might well not be right for you. Um, In fact, if you're just, just, just a visitor, just passing through, it's not right for you. Um, but be a member of a church to show, to, to give you assurance, to help, to help show you how to live a Christian life. Be a member of a church to evangelise. You can have a bigger impact in a group of people and to expose false doctrines. Be a member of a church to build it up. Being a member of a church, if you're full of the Spirit, won't slow you down being a member of a church, if you're full of the Spirit, will speed that, that church up, will help and benefit, no end, the people in that church, and be a member of a church for Christ's glory. Uh, I have just about finished. There is a link um, with harvest here. Um, and it's a link with lettuces. Yeah? Um, undeniably a harvest picture, so remember that. Um, and so this reading is a bit of a joke, and it has a very serious point to it. Um, anyone know where the lettuce batch of the New Testament is? Read it before. Hebrews. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. So, you know, Jesus um, first. And since we have a great 
priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to clean us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Doing silly things helps you remember things. If saying letters helps you remember that passage that's full of God's truth and God's love, it'll be worth today. Amen. I don't know which of those many images can stay with me. Brutus, sorry, um, we have failed you. We don't have a towel warming rotor. Anyone want to join the rotor towel warming, please see me afterwards. Fabric medium choice plants, not medium swimming pools. It's extremely fun, Bobby. Great, well, let's stand for our final hymn. Your hand, O Lord, has done
that just let's sit quietly for a moment. I know they're very keen to show us all what they've been doing. So it's uh, wonderful if they can. Because they've been preparing something, they'd be a little upset if they couldn't do it, wouldn't they? They don't want that. Let's sing that again. to wet, you know, sort of temper your enthusiasm until next week because we've had an awful lot of technical difficulties. But what we're doing on the second Sunday of every, every month is we're trying to bring all the children together to do something and then bring it in at the end of the service to show you. Um, but I think we may have to do it next week instead. If, can you all bear to hold your enthusiasm for that long? Do you think? We did it twice anyway and then I managed to trip over a wire and kick it out. And You know, we, we've had some fun. So I think we'll show you next week if that's all right. Thank you. <laughs> Well, well, well done, children, anyway. But it's life on the edge, isn't it? You know, life on the edge. <laughs> okay, let's, let's stand and share the grace together. And just before that, can I also thank the people who have done this wonderful display and the flowers? I think they look absolutely fantastic today, don't they? So well done, everyone, for those. Thank you. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. God bless you.